0: happened to be the text for the message on the day that I was ordained into the ministry. And it's also the basis of a song that my son wrote and sang, and you may remember he sang it here when we celebrated my 45th, 25th anniversary in July. And it was a great reminder to me, every time I hear this story, every time I hear that song, it said, what he was saying to me that day was dad, It's a lot of fun to be up on the mountaintops, enjoy them, but the work is still done in the valley. It's a great reminder to us all. I want to tell you that the story that Nancy just read to you in Mark 9 also appears in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. So clearly it's a very important story in the life of Jesus. It is called, as she said, the Transfiguration Let me just kind of recap a little bit what happens here. Jesus had just told his disciples that he needed to go to Jerusalem to die. And no doubt that was a very shocking thing to hear. He was fully aware of what was waiting him when he got there. He knew that he was going to die a horrific, humiliating, painful death. Now, we need to remember that even though Jesus was God in the flesh... He was also fully human. He faced temptation as we face temptation. He felt hunger as we feel hunger. I mean, the stripes that he got when he was scourged on his back, when the Romans whips and the nails driven into his hands and feet hurt him as much as it would hurt us. Jesus was not looking forward to going to the cross, but he knew that in order to do God's will, he had to endure it. He also knew that the adversity that he was about to face was going to affect his disciples as well. So after telling them that he had to go to Jerusalem in order to die, he takes the three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up on a high mountain by themselves. I'm not going to go back and read the story, but I'm going to kind of bring parts of it back in. Now you know the kind of the setting. Now, when I read that story... And I guess I should say, when God kind of led me back to this story for Transfiguration Sunday, in order to write the message, I would ask myself, like, three different questions. I said, you know, for whose benefit did this transfiguration occur? I mean, was this transfiguration for Jesus? Was this transfiguration for Peter, James, and John? Or was this for me, and by extension, is this for you? The answer I came up with is, yep. <laughs> I think it's, it's there for all three. I mean, Jesus needed this transfiguration experience as he prepared for this very difficult road that lie ahead. Peter, James, and John needed this too. They needed to get a glimpse of who Jesus really was. And we... You know, as we look at these truths, the story teaches us, it helps us as well live as faithful disciples, especially when we face difficult times, or as you see the title to the message, Preparing for Adversity. Now, I don't want to be a prophet of doom this morning, and I don't want to sound like I'm on a downer, but friends, let me tell you something, no matter how good things are in your life right now, maybe in your business or your career, there are going to be times ahead when you are going to face some very difficult challenges. I mean, no matter how good you may say your marriage is today, or how good your relationship is with your kids today, there will be times in your future where you're going to have what I might call some off-road experiences. You're going to go through some tough times. There will be tough patches. I can say that because I've seen it in my own life. I fully expect it to happen again, and I have seen it in the lives of countless numbers of people over the years. And no matter how great things are going for you spiritually right now, no matter how close to God you may feel right now, I can pretty much guarantee you that there will be times in the future when His presence isn't quite so intuitive. When you struggle with sin and you struggle with The will to obey. There are going to be times ahead when doing the right thing not only stinks, but also might actually hurt. So it's just a plain simple little fact of life. We will all face times of adversity. That's just the way this sinful life works. Now this morning, I can't see what you're seeing. But some of you right now may actually see these difficult times out on the horizon. You have this sense that there's something rumbling out there. For others of you, you may say, don't see anything. Either way, I would say we need to know how to prepare for it. Now, if you've ever been in the military, you know about boot camps. Boot camp is there to prepare you for the challenges ahead. I'm a baseball fan, and guess what? Pitchers and catchers arrived at spring training yesterday. Why do they go to spring training? To prepare them for this 162-game schedule, this journey that's ahead of them. Now, they need to learn to get away from the rest of life and to get a different perspective. You and I need to learn the same thing, how to get away and get God's perspective on the situation and and figure out what his instructions for our life are. Now, again, I'm saying today from where you sit, maybe you can actually see the storm kind of building in the distance. Maybe the driving wind is actually kind of buffeting you or your family, your situation around a little bit. And so I'd say whether that's happening or not, Transfiguration Sunday may be a good Sunday to remind you to get ready for the rough patches, to get ready for the tough decisions that may be out there. And that's why this story, and I think this is why God led me back to it, because to be quite honest, I I, I worked my way through now, in about the last two months, four deaths. Three of them in my family, one in our church family. So I know that these difficult times come. And I think that's kind of why God wanted me to go back into this and to remind me of something. And not only to remind me of something, but maybe to remind me to share with you and remind you of something. There are some very powerful principles in this story that Nancy read to you before. And they're they're more powerful than you can imagine. They're going to sound very simple. But they are extremely powerful. And I I hope and pray today that you walk out of here and if you could just remember three simple little statements. And they'll be very simple. Life is going to be a little bit easier to cope with. Here's the very first thing you need to do. And that is to learn to get alone with God. See, Jesus went up on this high mountain just himself and his three closest disciples. He was going to spend time alone in the presence of God. In fact, in Luke's Gospel, it said that Jesus took him up on the high mountain in order to pray. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to make a confession here. I'm going to, give you, I'm going to tell you about one of my shortcomings in life. It's this. Whenever I'm facing adversity, my first inclination is to pray less and not more. Don't know whether any of you resonate with that at all. I may be the only one here. But sometimes my first inclination is to pray less and not more. I'm not quite sure why it is. Maybe subconsciously I'm thinking that God must be mad at me, and this is what I get. Maybe subconsciously I'm thinking that, well, God won't ultimately put me through this, or maybe I'm thinking I'm I'm getting what I deserve, or maybe in my stubborn Lutheran arrogance... I think I can handle this all by myself. Regardless, I'm admitting to you this morning, my first inclination at the sight of a storm is to pray less. And I've got to tell you something, that inclination is dead wrong. I battle against that. Maybe you do too. But what I've learned over the years is to remind myself of something. And what I do is remind myself is that when adversity raises its ugly little head, my first reaction ought to be to get alone with God and to talk to God about it. I've learned to say over the years, God, this is this is a tough thing. This is a tough decision. I don't want to have to make this decision. You know, Lord, you've got to give me the strength now to do the right thing. Or I'm struggling with the will to obey You've got to give me the strength to do the right thing. Or, I'm tempted to take the easy way out of this situation. You you need to give me the strength to do the right thing. I'm just telling you again, I'm I'm summarizing. You Meditate on His presence. It's just to get away from the grind of daily life and get along with God. Now, some of you who are practical people are saying, well, How long? How long do I need to get get alone with God? Well, the answer is, uh, for some of you, maybe five or ten minutes. It might be a half an hour. It might be an afternoon. Some of you need a whole weekend retreat. Some of you need a couple of weeks to get away, get alone with Jesus. Now, the Bible says he went up on the mountain, and there he, Jesus, was transfigured. It was like... You know, he, they saw him as a human, but suddenly, it was a blaze of glory. He just suddenly manifested God. It says, his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. That's what one translation says. And in that process, the disciples got a glimpse of who Jesus really was. I'm sure they probably went, whoa, he's more than some teacher He's more than just some healer. He possessed the radiance of the almighty God. And if you don't think that's enough, guess two other people show up at the party. you got Moses and Elijah who've been dead for centuries. And they're sitting there probably with their mouths hanging open going... And there's Jesus and Moses and Elijah just having... A conversation. Now, I read this story any number of times. Wouldn't you like to know what they were talking about? I would. You know the answer to what they were talking about? I don't know. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. But the disciples get a little glimpse of His glory. And in the coming days, they were going to need to have that little glimpse of his glory as they saw him get arrested, and as they watch him being viciously beaten, and as they see him being stripped and mocked and, and nailed to the cross. They were going to need to cling to that little glimpse of the glory of God as they struggled with their own fears and with their own failures. Now, I also believe that the transfiguration was for Jesus' sake. I mean, there was a sense in which he needed this experience to strengthen him as he now faced the cross. He needed to get alone in God's presence, if you will, to get a glimpse of the glory of God and to kind of pump himself up for what needed to take place. Now, as you prepare for whatever's out there, you need to take time out of your schedule. That's why I've said some of you... You need to get rid of your to-do list. You need to start making the to-don't list. You know, clear out your life some of that junk and the garbage that's in there that occupies all your time. That says, oh, "I don't have time to get away with alone with God." Bulloning. You have time to do anything you want to do. I mean, don't be so stinking stubborn about it. You know I'm right, right? You better nod in agreement. <laughs> now, what do I mean by saying you need to meditate on his presence? Now, there, there are at least three things here that you need to do. Meditate on his presence. Well, you need to remember, of course, those Bible passages. In Hebrews 13, 5, he says, Never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. Matthew 28, you know, surely I'm with you always. I mean, to do this, you've got to get along with God. He's promised to never let you face anything. Well, here's the second thing you need to do when you you get along, and that's to meditate on His power. Psalm 83, your arm is induced with power, your hand is strong, your right hand exalted. Now, when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling helpless, remember that God is not weak. God is not helpless. God is all-powerful. I remember learning this word in in grade school a long time ago omnipotent that's who God is and, and, and my 5th and 6th grade teacher Mr. Schmitty says he wrote it on the board omnipotent and he said okay that word omni means all and then he said potent like a strong cup of coffee <laughs> that's how ours remember God is not a strong cup of coffee but God is strong he's all strong You meditate on his power at work in your life. There's a third part of getting along with God, and it's meditating on his purpose for your life. I mean, the adversity you face, whatever it may be, is not meaningless. I mean, Jesus didn't go to the cross simply because things kind of got out of control. There was a reason for him to suffer. And guess what? Whatever suffering you may be in right now, Whatever suffering you may have been in, whatever may be out there on the horizon, they're part of a necessary chapter of life. You see the verse from 1 Peter. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, they have come, why? So that your faith of greater worth than gold may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. See, on the onset of a storm... Even when the storm is out there on the horizon, get alone with God and get a glimpse of His glory. Meditate on His presence. Meditate on His power. Meditate on His purpose. So there's the very first thing. You know, get along with God. Here's, here's the second thing. Listen to Him. Listen to God. Listen to God. After you open up your heart and you pour out everything in there, you tell Him all your worries and woes. You need to get to some point with God where you just plain and simple shut up and start listening. I apologize for putting it that way, but sometimes that's just the only way, thing people understand. I mentioned this morning, Bob, I know a lot of people who say, I was just talking to God the other day. Did you ever get quiet and listen to Him?
1: I prayed to God about this, and I told
0: Him, yeah, yeah that's, what, that's, that's the problem. You're always telling God. Do you ever sit back and... Listen to God. I think a lot of us are so doggone busy, we don't have time to listen to God. We, all we have time is to tell Him. Tell Him what we want. So we got our grocery list prayer. Dear God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And, and as fast as possible in Jesus' name. You know, if you ever just think, God, your word in James says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask. And God will give abundantly. Lord, I need an abundant amount of wisdom. And then just sit there alone with God and listen. Do you think Peter was listening? I don't think so. When he got a glimpse of God's glory, what did he say? Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three buildings. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Now, if you read the other accounts, if you read Luke's account of the story, this is what Luke said. Quote, he did not know what he was saying. (laughs) I mean, Peter, as usual, had opened his mouth and inserted sandals. He probably thought, you know, worshipping God up here in the mountain is far better than following him into Jerusalem and watching him die, so let's stay here together. And you know something? He had a point. Have you ever been on a Christian retreat, you know, women's retreat, men's retreat, whatever? You you never want it to end. You wish it would last forever. Gosh, I can remember a few up in the up in the Cascade Mountains when I was out in the vicarage, and it was like, man, the phones aren't ringing up here. There's no internet connection. There's no interruptions. People aren't crabbing at each other. People aren't hassling you. Oh man, this is like heaven on earth. But you know something? It can't last. Because we were not called to pursue a state of protect, perpetual uh, retreatedness, if there's such a word. Uh, we're called to live in the day in, day out grind of life. I mean, Peter's ideas sounded really, really good. But he did not have God's perspective because he wasn't listening. So God actually gets his attention. Verses 5 and 6. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped him, and a voice from the cloud, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. In Matthew it says, When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. wonder why. There's probably a couple of reasons. You know, hearing the voice of God If God spoke right now, we'd all be pretty terrified as well. Probably a pretty terrifying thing. I also think that maybe what terrified them was the voice of God and the words that God spoke helped them realize that Jesus and what Jesus had been saying to them was absolutely true. That he was going to be going to Jerusalem. He was going to face his death. And as that realization came over them, They were overcome with fear. And after God told Peter, James, and John to listen to Jesus, what was the very next thing He told them? Matthew 17, 7. I don't know, that might be up there. Yeah, it it says two things. Jesus came and touched them. Get up, He said. Don't be afraid. Do you get it? I think I even made a little boulder up there. Get up. Don't be afraid. See, when we face adversity, tough times, we have a tendency to do what? Hunker down, cower, hide, be overcome by our fear. But Jesus tells us, the disciples tells us today, get up. Get up. Don't be afraid. Have courage. When you're about to face something that's tough, you're not alone. Now, many times... We say, God, get me out of this. God, get me out of this. We plead with him. God, get rid of this. Sometimes, you know what God's response to that? If you stop and listen to him, it's this. I'm not going to get you out of this. But I'll get you through it. Someone has said, I love this quote, If he brings you to it, he will bring you through it. I like that. If he brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. See, when you take the time to listen, you have a chance to filter out all of those nonsensical excuses you have. You've got time to get rid of all of those uh, escape routes that you might want to take. And you've got a chance to listen to what the Bible calls that still, small voice of God. Maybe that little voice that says, Don't worry. Just get up. Don't be afraid. You can do this. And the reason you can do this is because I'm with you. you got an omnipotent God traveling the journey. So get along with God. Listen to God. Here's the third one. Wait on God. Wait on God. Verse 9 says, As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Now, if you read that passage, and if you read anything in Scripture, you know Jesus said on any number of occasions, Don't tell anybody about this. Don't tell anybody about this. What's different about this one? This is the only time in the Bible when he tells them, You can tell people. He says, don't tell anyone until what? The Son of Man had risen from the dead. This time Jesus says, keep silent. But silence is not permanent. When I'm back from the grave, tell everyone. What I want you to notice here is Jesus reminds them in the midst of their trauma, there will be a resurrection. He said, it's true, I'm going to face adversity. Yeah, it's true, I'm going to need to go to Jerusalem and be killed. Yeah, it's true, but this isn't the end of the story. There will be a resurrection, I will come back from the dead. Wait until then. Now, as you struggle through whatever you struggle through, the same is true for you. The story does not always end with a storm. Somebody asked me this morning how I was. I said, I'd be a whole lot better if I didn't have to come over to church between midnight and 1 o'clock when the alarm goes off in the driving rain. But you know something? It's pretty bright and sunny out. You wait long enough. A little bit different today. I mean, stories don't end with a storm, stories don't end with a defeat. Stories, at least the ones in the Bible I'm familiar with, always end in victory. Now, you may have some trials and tribulations, but on the other side of your adversity is a resurrection with your name on it. In preparing for adversity, you just need to learn to wait until the victory actually comes. Wait on God. Wait for the resurrection. Now, I said at the beginning of this message, I, I, I'm not being a doomsday prophet when I say that adversity is around the corner in some way for each and every one of us. But it's a fact. What does the Bible say? It rains on both the just and the unjust. I found that out last night. Actually, I actually had to drive over here because of the rain. And I thought about that. Actually, I thought of two things coming over the other night. Believe it or not, I thought of two Bible passages. But it rains on both the just and the unjust, and if somebody broke in this building, I hope he got wet. <laughs> and the other passage I thought about was, as the rain and the snow come down and water of the earth, so is my word. It accomplishes the purposes for which I sent it." That's the other verse I thought about. So how do we prepare for battle? I'm going to say it one more time. That I may mean, be the next area. Is get along with God. Until you get a glimpse of His glory. That's how long you get along with God. You get along with God until you get a glimpse of that glory. Until you're confident of His presence. When you're, until you're confident of His power. Until you're confident of His purpose. I don't know how long that's going to take. Some of you can do it like that. Some of you may need a whole weekend. Some of you may need to take off the rest of your life to learn that one. I don't know how long that's going to take. Get alone and then listen to God. Listen. Until you get His perspective. Uh, Listen until you hear His encouraging words. And His encouraging words, what are they? Get up. Don't be afraid. Get alone, listen, and then wait on God. Wait out the storm. There will be a new day. There will always be a resurrection. See, there in the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, we get a glimpse of Jesus and all of his power, all of his glory. And I think what he's saying to us is that is available to us as well, those of us who call ourselves Christ followers. To help you remember, I want you to read these three things with me out loud. Let's read them out loud. Get alone with God. Listen to God. Wait on God. Let's read them again. Get alone with God, listen to God, wait on God. And maybe one more time, just on the Trinitarian emphasis. Get alone with God, listen to God, wait on God. If you can carry those three things with you, storms won't be so bad. Why? you got an all-powerful God and a resurrection is coming. May God grant that for his son's sake. Amen. Our app-